And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you persecute. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise up and go into Damascus, and there it will be told to you concerning all the things which have been appointed to you to do. Acts chapter 22, verses 8 and 10. This week we continue with the series titled Vision and Commission. We're sharing from Brother Minoru Chen on the commission that accompanies genuine vision. This meeting was held during the 2014 International Memorial Day Conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A link to the full audio can be found in the episode notes. Listening to the uh, testimonies this afternoon uh, gave me great hope, uh, great hope in the Lord um, for the future of the Lord's recovery. Uh, You only represent a fraction uh, of this group that uh, I think I helped to delete the word young before adults because it is absolutely a joke that you are called young adults. Uh, if it, that would be the case, I would tell you all to leave the room and bring me the high schoolers and the uh, first year or two of collegiate kids, maybe. That would be really the young adults. You are not young adults, you are adults, pure and simple. Alright? So anyway, uh, you are a fraction of a vast growing group of saints in the recovery worldwide. But we're not here talking about worldwide, we're here talking about the uh, states or North America at most. And um, you know that uh, we have uh, been paying some attention to this age bracket since uh, how long ago you were sharing? Seven years ago, and of course, this phenomenon began well before that. So um, it's just that we pick up this uh, uh, rising ranks of, uh, of the, the young working saints that we began some kind of fellowship meetings like the one we have right now. Um, and in these uh, five to ten years, um, we've been actually uh, very burdened for this uh, age bracket. Uh, and I speak collectively amongst the co-workers and surely many of the leading brothers, including probably those in your locality. And so we decided that um, to put more focus on this burden that we would call meetings like this from time to time. In the beginning, it was through the semi-annuals, some of you may recall that. But lately, we felt that it became a bit of a conflict uh, during that very busy uh, seven, six or seven days that we decided to have meetings like this. So Memorial Day weekend and Thanksgiving, which are all held up uh, here in the States, 
we will be having we have these kind of meetings. So this is the second one, right? So last one was in Schomburg uh, during Thanksgiving time, or Thanksgiving weekend conference. Well, um, um, I uh, am encouraged uh, this afternoon because I witness or I see uh, the Lord's grace with you. The Bible or the New Testament in Acts, anyway, uh, does tell us that grace is visible sometimes. So Paul or some others or Barnabas, so they were, um, I think, back to Antioch or something. I, I forgot exactly where. It says that, I think it was Barnabas, uh, and he saw the grace of God in that local church. He actually saw it. And listening to you and looking at you, I feel I'm seeing the grace of God, uh, which is uh, always abounding and always um, uh, sufficient, as uh, the sister's hymn that she quoted. And it is so. It is so. Um, uh, the abounding grace, you know, tonight I'm going to speak on message of the church, the vision of the church. The abounding grace eventually is what caused um, all the saints uh, as the body of Christ to be headed up in Christ, thus fulfilling God's eternal uh, economy or plan, all by the work of grace. Grace is powerful. Grace is um, undefeated. Grace is um, full of energy. Grace is uh, uh, unsuppressible. Grace will do it all. And I see grace today from your testimony. Uh, I see, I know many of you standing there up here some I don't. Uh, I am acquainted to some of your griefs. Some, even at a young age, went through certain deep tragedies. Um, and I, uh, you know, others may not have such uh, uh, tragic experiences. You, your life is a little bit more humdrum or you know, following the similar trajectory, whatever it may be, grace is working. Uh, how many of you here have been through the full-time training? Just give me a hand. Up. Okay, down. Okay, I'd like to tell you you're blessed, but you're not special. Okay? Uh, there is no two classes of working saints in the Lord's recovery. There's only one class, and they're called saints. Whether you've been through the full-time training, Oh, you have not. <clears throat> now, I'm uh, one of the salesmen for FTTA, so I'm not here to, um, you know, to, um, um, you know, top down the training. Absolutely, I will continue to promote it among the young people. But you all have, you're all on this side. <clears throat> and so for those of you who have not been with the training, if the Lord leads you, go. If the Lord opens the environment, go. 
And uh, if you cannot in these years, there's something called a middle age training, and you're getting a little closer to that uh, as the days go by. And I would like to tell you, don't think that is a, 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 that's not a joke, you know, the middle age training, it is far from a joke. It is uh, not quite like a FTTA, but it is still quite demanding, it's real. So um, you should plan ahead uh, if you have not been to the FTTA. And you know, FTTA is moving to a new location this August called Building 7 on site in the um, uh, uh, Ministry Conference Center there in Anaheim. And it's in the same, it's in the, the middle age, it is it's in the same location. So the, uh, uh, the uh, maximum capacity for FTTA is 500. And the max capacity for the middle age, I believe, is about 200. So I look forward to the day where there's 700 people running around uh, in in those buildings being trained. Some call younger trainees, some call middle age or older trainees. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're all getting they're all getting perfected and getting uh, the uh, the spiritual benefit. All all for the Lord's move interests on the earth. So um, what I see today are, uh, uh, hear from you are your very typical common struggles. Um, you know, by the way, I, I almost don't like to use the word struggle. I'd like to say that's life. How about that? You know, the struggle puts a, a negative spin, like, um, this is a struggle, you know. Uh, I, go to, I need to go get a job, what a struggle, you know? That's life, you know? Uh, I have two kids, what a struggle, well that's life, you know? People have five, you know? So, uh, uh, let's get rid, let's just get rid of a certain thing that, that can trick our mind just because of the way we think. Uh, I grew up, uh, like others, in the church life from uh, college years, and um, looking back, there's tons of struggle. But when I went through it, I, I didn't think that word hardly was in my vocabulary. It's just another day that I have to get through, another problem I have to solve, you know, and the, another diaper I have to change, maybe. Um, it was not, not, not that sense of, of that kind of this great, grandiose struggle to be in the church and to love the Lord. And, and it was no struggle. It was a joy. It was absolutely a joy. Were there sufferings? Sure. Were there difficulties? Sure. Were there weaknesses? Sure. Were there failures? Sure. But I tell you, I say again, grace excels. Grace is all-powerful. When you have this grace, you, you don't feel that. You don't look at that. You just let grace carry you, you see, onward. Um, and so I, uh, I, I just like to stress this on this morning. Grace to you, brothers and sisters. Grace be with you. Amen. Be empowered in His grace. Amen. Grace will float you. Grace will more than float you. You know, another thing is called, I hate the word, another S, I hate S words, right? In other words, survival. I, 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 I need to survive in the church life. No, I say a strong no. Our aim is not to survive and sort of barely 
skid into the finish line under the wire and sort of barely made it into the kingdom and if I can stand outside of heaven, some people say that's good enough for me. What what a what a low way of thinking. What a low way. we're not here to survive, are we? We're to overcome. Survive means to undergo. I, I'm undergoing life. What's a what a wrong way of thinking this? We're here to overcome. Aren't we? And we don't we have all the provisions we need to overcome? Amen. Don't we? Amen. We have everything we need. Am I right? Amen. The word, what the, the song says, the, the, the blood, the, the, word, the word, the spirit, and the church. Hey, you know, what more do you need to overcome? You've got it. What you need to do is to take it. Right? Apply it. Because that requires exercise. That requires the denial of the soul and all that stuff. But you know... You know how to do it, and you just need to do it. Uh, and also that requires us to be in fellowship with other saints and be in the church life and so on. Um, all these things we should not despise. These are the day-to-day -day things that we do that will cause us to live a normal overcoming life. Um, all right. Now, um, Uh, I did do have a little feed coming to this meeting, and uh, I'll say a few words about that. This weekend we're on the vision, the vision, the heavenly vision. And uh, last night I think Ron made it very, very clear that this vision, this controlling and governing vision, is what will um, supply us and uh, strengthen us. To endure everything all the way to the end, right? So um, we need this vision. Well, um, I would like to say that this, um, along with the vision, along with the vision, the genuine vision, there's another thing that always comes with it. Always. It's called commission. Right? Every genuine vision from God comes with a commission. That's just how it is. So, um, you know, Isaiah saw that vision in the temple. Then he said, What? He said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Right? That, that's commission. That's commission. Um, and so this is the case you know, in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, let's just focus on Paul for a moment. Um, there are three accounts of Paul's conversion, quote, quote, in the book of Acts. And that would be chapter 9, the first one, and then chapter 24, and then chapter 26. In chapter 26, the verses there are the main verses that was quoted last night in the beginning of the message. And the, all the three accounts are slightly different one from the other. And um, if you read them carefully, uh, especially you read Paul's own account, testimony, in chapter 24 and 26, 
you will see these two elements there. So God, the Lord said, I appear to you, you know, I appear to you. Uh, for what? For what? Of course, giving him all kinds of visions, and not only that one time on the way to Damascus, but since that time, God, the Lord kept appearing to Paul again and again and again and again. And each appearing means a further commission, a further charge uh, from, from the Lord. In, this, in the second account, which is in chapter 22, uh, excuse me, 24, uh, there it says Paul asks the Lord two questions. Two questions. Number one is, who are you, Lord? Now that means the vision. That, that's the vision. The vision of Christ, and of course we know that includes the body, right? This great me in chapter 9. You all know this. So that's the vision of Christ in the church that was shown to Paul. But he asked a second question. A second question. The second question in chapter 24 is what? What do you want me to do, Lord? Go read that chapter. Two questions uh, across three verses. Who are you, Lord? And number two, what do you want me to do? So here again is vision and commission. And commission. This weekend we're here, here gathered here to see further visions or to have our vision refresh. But and and and, and we, we will have that in the meetings. But don't forget that everything you see should lead to a commission. A commission to you. And Paul received a stewardship. Paul received a, well, it says that what he would, you are going to be what? Be a minister and a, what? Witness to me, to open eyes and this and that. So, one is a minister, the other is witness. Minister and witness. And so, we know that minister, the minister, refers to a responsibility, a job, the work, right? The service that Paul was going to do. Witness refers to the life that he should live. The life of a witness, of a martyr, right? So when we talk about commission, brothers and sisters, what do we mean by that? When we talk about commission, we're talking about the commission to live a certain kind of life. And the commission to carry out a certain kind of responsibility or work, you can call it work. So the Christian life, the normal Christian life, with a vision, should be one that has a commission to live in a certain way and to work a certain way. And I think by now you all know what that is. That is to live out what? To live out the New Jerusalem, right? And to work out what? To work out the New Jerusalem. More practically, we're talking about living what? Living and overcoming life. Living Christ. 
today. That's what we're talking about. That is a normal Christian life. And that's what you're all learning to live in your various circumstances. Uh, this which brother up here didn't have, was not married, just got married, is that you? Yeah, just got married. He said, whoa, my life changed. Um, you know what that is? That is, you know, stage three, you know, uh, of learning how to be a witness, to live Christ in a married state. Before pre-marriage, you live Christ in a certain way as a single guy, you know? That is a certain kind of living. Now, the Lord is calling you forward, so you got married, and now you need to learn to live Christ with a partner or your wife, right? And now you need to the more challenges, right? The more the different situation. Now you need to learn. You need to learn to be a. I don't want to use the word martyr, huh? A witness. Huh? Now you need to learn to live the life of a witness in a married state, right? And then you become a father. You become mother. You work for this and that and the other. All these things. The circumstances change, but the commission is still the same. And that is, you should go and be my witness. Go and live this what overcoming normal Christian life. A life that all Christians should live, right, for God's purpose. And the second thing is, the second uh, commission, based on that vision, is what? That you have to go and be a minister. That sister, was he, where is she from? Uh, she said she was she had a dog and now she has a sister's house and Lauren, okay. Um, and that now she's turning into a sister's house and serving. She said, I'm nobody, but I found out I'm just a member of the body and so on. I was very, very happy with that fellowship. Uh, from the uh, dog house to a sister's house. <laughs> Sort of uh, probably uh, 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 marginally involved, or you know, on the edge of the church life, whatever. Now, really coming into the center of the church life, not anything special or dramatic, but really just to. I'm a member, and so I must serve in the church. So she's associating herself with the saints, diving into probably the various services and needs of the church and just being in the middle of the church life. I tell you, this is absolutely, absolutely Thank you for joining us today. To hear the complete recording and other messages, please visit livingtohim.com. If you would like to receive regular updates from us, please subscribe to this podcast and join our mailing list on our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where our handle is at livingtohim.com.